Amen. Good morning. That was beautiful. Praise the Lord. Find out how you connect with God and do that daily. Because the power place exists to help you encounter the Lord's presence daily. To be empowered by his spirit and his word so that you can engage with your world. I believe God is raising up a people who are not ashamed, who are not afraid, who are not pussyfooting around the enemy and all the woke stuff of the world. He's raising us up as a light in the midst of darkness. So let's shine bright. Amen? Amen. What a, what a powerful word we heard from our pastor last week, Pastor Isaiah, as he talked about fresh fire. And God poured out in a fresh way. He set people free from sin. He set people free from, from witchcraft dabbling. Some of you didn't see it, but it happened last week. After the service, exactly what Pastor Isaiah felt from the Holy Spirit took place. Come on. You don't have to always see everything to know that God's working. Amen. What a privilege it is to be a part of this house. I'm Pastor Greg. I am the founding pastor. It's all my fault. But we're going places. And as we pass the reins to Pastor Isaiah and Brittany, exciting things are taking place. I hold in my hand the architect drawings of what's getting ready to happen in the next space over. Come on. Come on. We thought we had it all figured out, and we were searching for an architect, and we knew it was going to cost us an arm and a leg, but we have to do what we got to do. And suddenly, out of nowhere, an architect showed up, and he said, I'm going to do this pro bono. What a blessing. And I hold in my hands that blessing today. I'm excited for what God's getting ready to do. And many of you have signed up on the sheet out there to, to add your gift, the gifting that God has given you. And um, we need plumbers. We need electricians. We need skilled workers. We need unskilled workers. We need somebody who can haul stuff. Come on. So get involved. Let's, let's see what God will do. Amen? Uh, Christy and I have a, a dear friend with us today from Davenport, Iowa, uh, Marilyn Peters. Marilyn, would you stand? Just say hi to the church. Marilyn and Randy were dear friends for all these years, 30-some years. Yikes. I'm feeling old. Err. Uh, some of you will know Marilyn uh, sent us the picture of Isaiah and myself on the golf, not the golf cart, the go-kart 
And um, she said, I think there's a message here. And there was a message. And God began to, to work in all of our hearts in a very powerful way. It's a delight to have you here, Marilyn. Uh, you and Randy have sewn into this house, and we're grateful. Uh, Randy passed away a couple years ago, and she's keeping steady. And uh, pray for her as she continues to minister in Davenport. Amen. A guy said, my wife, a registered nurse, once fussed over every pain or mishap that came my way. Recently, however, I got an indication that the honeymoon is over. I was about to fix the attic fan, and as I lifted myself from the ladder in the attic, I scratched my forehead on a crossbeam. Crawling along, I picked up some splinters in both hands. I cut one hand, replacing the fan belt. On the way down the ladder, I missed the last two rungs and turned my ankle. When I limped into the kitchen, my wife took one look at me and said, are those your good pants? <laughs> Anybody ever been there? Come on now. So last night, a thief broke into our house and started searching for money. So I got up and started searching with him. I'm like, got to be here somewhere. Let's go. <laughs> After the last time I preached, someone wrote to me and said, Based on your recent request not to tell you about a good movie I saw, I do have to share with you a book I'm reading about anti-gravity. I just can't put it down. <laughs> Nudge your neighbor and say, that was good. That was a good one. That, that was good. So today we're looking at one of our core values, the core value of real. What we say is we don't do fake. Look at your neighbor say, we don't do fake. Because real relationships bring real results. And we don't shy away from awkward conversations, from vulnerability, from transparency, and building authentic relationships because we understand real relationships bring real results. The definition of real is not counterfeit, artificial, or imitation. Authentic. Somebody say authentic. Authentic. That's what God has called us to be as his children. That's what he's called us to be in this house. Authentic. There are three scriptures that we use for real. The first one is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12. Paul the Apostle says, Now this is our boast. Our conscience testifies that we have conducted ourselves in the world, and especially in our relations with you, with integrity and godly sincerity. We've conducted ourselves with integrity and godly sincerity. There are many in the Christian realm who have walked away from the faith because they've encountered people who were supposedly authentic and they had no integrity and no real sincerity. They weren't real. They were fake. And so they've walked away from the faith. People have walked away from the faith because of them. And I'm here to tell you there are some real people. There are some real Christians. There is a real faith. 
and you are called to this house to become a real congregation of faith to show to the world it is true. We have done so, he says, relying not on worldly wisdom, but on God's grace. You're going to need God's grace to be real. It's so much easier to fake your way through. You've heard it. Fake it till you make it. I'm here to tell you, go ahead and be real. Show your warts, your imperfections. God wants to use those to empower somebody else to come to freedom. Amen. Another scripture, 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Paul the Apostle says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. I've told you many times, a lot of times parents, they try to cover up their tracks, but the tracks your kids follow in are the ones you try to cover up because they see the fake, they see the real, they know, they understand, they discern as a child. They understand what's real and what's not. Second Corinthians 12, nine. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. You're going to need grace. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to need grace. You're going to need grace to be real. And his grace is sufficient for you. He said, for my power is made perfect. Where? In weakness. God's power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Our children's pastor's wife, Priscilla Gaiman, shared in Dream Team this morning. She shared about being real. And she read that scripture right there and she said, I asked the Lord, what, what does that mean? And he told her, it's a partnership, not performance. I wrote it down. I said, I'm preaching that. It's a partnership. It's not performance. You can't do it in your own strength. You can't be real like that. You need his partnership. You need his grace. You need his spirit. You need his anointing to use you so that in your Weakness, he is then made strong. Talking about vulnerable and real, being transparent and authentic. The Apostle Paul said, I, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, I'm weak, but he's strong. Rebecca Lyons talks about being vulnerable in your pain. She says, when we're vulnerable and alone, we're afraid. But when we're vulnerable and together, we become brave. Your real story of your weakness and the testimony of how God brought you through and exchanged your weakness for his strength has power to strengthen someone else and lead them to the Lord for help. As you boldly get real with your story, you infuse others with God's dunamis power. His power is made perfect in weakness. So your weakness exchanged for his dunamis power is perfection. You can't reach perfection without your weakness and his power. His power is made perfect in your weakness. Mm. So 
The apostle Paul says, I'm going to boast about my weakness. I'm going to tell you how weak I am so you'll see how strong he is. When we came here 20 years ago to start this church, we were so weak, we, we had no clue what we were doing. So we just said, Lord, if you don't show up, we ain't going to make it. If you don't show off, we're not going to make it. And through our weakness, he became strong. That's real. Listen to some real conversation from the Apostle Paul to his son of the faith, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dear son, grace, there's that word again. You're going to need a lot of grace. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience. We need to be able to say that. Serving the Lord with a clear conscience. As night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois, and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Grandma Lois, Mama Eunice, now son Timothy. That from one generation to the next, that real relationship brought real results, and this is the biblical pattern. From one generation to the next. Passing your faith on to the next generation through real, authentic relationships. Not living a fake, only on Sunday, Christian life. I got got to tell you, as a youth pastor, I saw way too many kids who hated God and their parents looked like, seemed like the pillars of the faith in the church. And then I go visit their home. The God they worshiped on Sunday never quite made it to the car to go home. And I couldn't, couldn't figure the, the whole, these parents love God with all their heart and their kids hate him. It didn't reconcile in my brain until I began to understand there's a lot of fakeness going on here. There's some inauthentic relationships. I'm telling you, you got to be real. You got to get real and God can use your realness. The God at church has got to make it home. Some of my, my kids' parents had religious spirits. I, I remember one, one time I, I, I was a youth pastor, brought in this former rock and roll singer to do a concert. And this woman's son was on the front row, soaking it in. He, did, he never loved God. He didn't like church, but he was, he was loving this moment. And she marched in, grabbed him from the front row, marched him out, 
and looked at me and said, my son will never be a part of anything like this. This is not godly. I'm like, he's not a part of anything with the church. And he's soaking this in and you're removing him from the presence of God in this moment. The kid never came back again. She had a religious spirit that looked good on the outside, but everybody could see right through it. God's called us to better than that. Nudge your neighbor and say, he's called us to better. Some may seem righteous, but it's only a facade. God wants real. We don't do fake. Fake doesn't stand the test of time. You may not have had this as real faith in your life or in your family, but I'm, I'm here to tell you, you can begin the pattern for the generations to come. As I look at the, the ancestry and the heritage that God has blessed me with, I realized that my, my grandpa Hollis got saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, got kicked out of his church because he got filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. And God began to use him in, in mighty ways. Five of his brothers went into the ministry because of his influence. He was the oldest. He began to believe God for miracles. God used him to see people raised from the dead, to see limbs restored, to see eyes brought back to, to where they're supposed to be. He, God used him in a powerful way. I still have canes and crutches in my house that were in his garage of miracles that took place. And I cherish those. But my grandfather was a very real person. And he passed that relationship with God, that real relationship with God, he passed it to my dad, who passed it to his children, and I passed it to my children, and they're passing it to their children. Come on. This is the pattern. This is what God wants for you. Where did it start? It started my grandpa. It started somewhere. It always has to start somewhere. You can be the one. You can be that person who your ancestors look back to and say, it was Grandpa Pete. Grandpa Pete, right there. Come on. Your grandmother Lois, your mother Eunice, now you. And it's going to be in your kids as well. My grandma Bryony on my mother's side. She got radically saved. She was, she was the one who would go to the Assembly of God church where they were speaking in tongues. They were throwing tomatoes at the church because they didn't want those radical Pentecostals in their community. But she got interested in what was going on inside the church. So she started looking in the windows and watching. Grandma finally went inside the church. Bold as she was, she was quite the woman. She, my mother said that she could cuss out a sailor and make him blush. That was my grandma Briny, before Christ, before she had a real encounter with Jesus. She marched up to the pastor and she said, you've got electricity running down the front of your church. That's why people are falling over. 
He said, well, ma'am, we have no electrical lines down there. You can come and see for yourself. He said, people are shaking. I watch them. I watch them from outside. They're, they're shaking down here. He said, well, you're welcome to come look. She went down to the front of the church, started looking around, couldn't find anything. So she prayed a prayer. She said, God, if that's really you, shake me too. <laughs> God shook her to the point that, that she fell and God changed her life completely. She became an evangelist and a pastor and she, yeah. She changed her world. Grandpa didn't like that, so he divorced her. And yet she still loved God with all her heart, dealt with all the real stuff of life, passed that on to my mother and her sisters. And my mom, to us children, and us children, to our children, and their children. And it's gone on and on and on and on. And that's what God wants to do in your family, through you, through real relationship with God that transfers to a real relationship with your children, that transfers to a real relationship with their children. Ah. They didn't shy away from tough conversations. And I'll, I'll tell you this, they weren't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. None of us are. If you're perfect, you don't belong here. Head on out. Because there ain't nobody perfect in this house. There's nobody perfect in this world. But they were real. They had vulnerable, transparent, tough conversations in real life and in real time that forged authentic relationships and built unwavering disciples, my mom and my dad. They built authentic disciples, and me and my, children, my, my brothers and sisters. This can be your heritage that you pass on to the next generations to come. Real builds real trusted relationships where we can trust somebody to shoot it to us straight. Don't give me the, the fake answer. Shoot it to me straight. Give me the good, the bad, the ugly, and the truth. Just be real. Be real so I'll know how to live when the going gets tough. Because the fake stuff doesn't last through the tough times. You can't make it that way. Paul goes on to verse six. He says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. The spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life. Tell your neighbor that. He saved you, called you to a holy life. You can't live like you, you feel like you want to live. You got to live a holy life. And you got to get real to do that. It's not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. 
but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That's why I'm suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame because I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he's able to guard what I've entrusted to him until that day. That's real. What you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Some of you need to hear that word. There's a chance you could lose what you've got. You got to guard it. Guard it. This is real. This is real talk. Guard it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then Paul gives examples of disloyalty and loyalty. He, he gets very real. Verse 15, you know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me. Including Figilus and Hermogenes. Now here's where you don't want your name in the Bible. <laughs> ah. These two guys walked away from Paul and the truth. There were so many others in the province of Asia that deserted him. And here he is calling them out. Writing their name down in the living word of God. Come on, somebody. And then he says, may the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesiphorus because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. There's where you want your name. He said, Phagellus and Hermogenes and all those people in Asia, done with them. But Onesiphorus, he went out of his way. Verse 17, on the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. Christy and I never backed down in real conversation with our children. We talked about people, name names, talked about the good, the bad, the ugly, the good decisions, the bad decisions. We didn't, we didn't do fake. We were age appropriate, of course, but we always let them know decisions have consequences. Let us show you what those consequences look like. I'm not getting any amens, but this is how you need to live. I'm telling you, wake your kids up. Wake the people up around you. I won't name names today, but there are pastors who have fallen because of bad decisions. One of the biggest bad decisions that I see is the use of alcohol. Shoot me now. Go ahead. Hate me. Quit the church. But the real reality is you start dabbling with the spirits 
there's a reason why it says good wine and spirits. There's a reason why. Because there are spirits attached to. And we're watching the fallout. Worldwide. Oh, we can handle it. We're just social drinking. It's, it's fine. We just do it when we need to feel a little ease and comfort and just to chill out. I'm telling you, there's a spirit attached and it will drag you down and you need to be warned every single day. When we traveled on the road for 12 years, we met so many pastors, kids who hated God and hated the ministry because their parents were fake. They were fake. They lived one way at church and another way at home. I'll just tell you today, we're not fake. What you see is what you get. Come visit the house. You're going to get the same as you get here at church. Find us in Walmart. We got the same. It is what it is. Going to Giant. There we are. It is what it is. Find us at Reader's Water Ice. We're real. We're not, bless your heart. You know what that means. <laughs> Maybe you don't want to know what that means. You go down south, they say, bless your heart. It, it's not good. It's not a good thing. But we're real. What you see is what you get. The power place is real. Tell your neighbor, the power place is real. We use real life examples in teaching spiritual truth. We pointed out trouble and deception, and wickedness, and we confronted issues and we didn't beat around the bush. We knew that real relationships bring real results. And I'll just say the proof is in the pudding. Amen. You have a, a pastor who is real. The Apostle Paul told the Philippians in Philippians 1.9, and this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve the things that are excellent. So you've got a worldview that shows you what's excellent. Real knowledge, real discernment, so you can understand what's excellent. Like I told you, back in my day, the banks would give you real money to train you, feel it, look at it, sense it, touch it. This is what real feels like. Because as soon as you come across a counterfeit, you go, ah, that ain't real. We were just talking about that on the way to church this morning with Marilyn. A lot of stuff out there. It looks good. It's shiny. It sounds good. It, <laughs> a lot of people out there that are shiny. Then you find out behind the scenes what's going on. But something in you says, hmm, just doesn't feel quite right. It's not quite authentic. 
And so the Apostle Paul says, I pray that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ. You want longevity in your Christian walk. Having been filled with the fruit of righteousness, what's the fruit? What's the fruit? Where's the fruit? Ask yourself the question all the time. Where's their fruit? Having been filled with the fruit of righteousness comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 27, the apostle says, as for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you. And you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. Scripture says the anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. I liken that to the fact that when when you're walking, a yoke was built specifically for the size of the oxen. They would mold and shape it so there wouldn't be any uh, scabs or or working against something that would, would cause harm to them. So it was built according to how they were shaped. If the anointing breaks that yoke of bondage, it takes you beyond how you're shaped. The anointing gives you the ability to be someone you're not really you, who you are. I would like it to the, the Hulk. All of a sudden he breaks out. I mean, I, I have this picture in my mind from the comic books I used to read when, when I was a kid. I don't know about the Hulk today, okay? I'm just talking about the green guy who used to break out of his clothes and get really big. That kind of anointing. When God's anointing fills you, it takes you beyond your natural self, your natural abilities, and gives you insight and discernment, power. The anointing you receive from him remains in you. That anointing is real, and it's not counterfeit. So remain in him. His anointing gives you real discernment and real knowledge. And I believe it's high time we get real and walk in his anointing and build authentic relationships that can stand the test of time. You need a real church that will shoot it to you straight. You need to surround yourself with real friends who will lean into hard conversations with you built around the truth of God's word. You need someone who won't candy coat life for you. They'll share with you through their vulnerability and transparency and point you to the one who can bring you through. I receive this anointing. I receive his anointing that's real and not counterfeit. Say that with me. I receive his anointing that is real and not counterfeit. Say it again. I receive his anointing that is real and not counterfeit. I receive his anointing. It's real. It's not counterfeit. Hallelujah. His anointing remains on you. You don't need anyone to teach you. His anointing is teaching you. He's guiding you. He's directing you. The context of this, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Do not love the world 
or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. This is real talk. This is real stuff. For everything in the world, just now we're starting to see things come out, like been hidden, kind of been, been snuck in there, kind of been slided in, and they won't notice. And now it's, being, it's so, ay, ay, ay. Everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. And the world and its desires pass away. This is all fleeting stuff. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. Dear children, this is the last hour. And when he wrote that, he believed it. And we're so much closer now than it was back then. This is the last hour, and as you've heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it's the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. We don't drop mics. We value stewardship. That's right. Somebody needs to just pause on and sit on that for a minute. This is real conversation. From the real living word of God. It says in verse 20, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. You're able to discern. All of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it. Because no lie comes from the truth. Who's the liar? It's whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. As for you, See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. That's a big deal. In verse 26, I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you. And you do not need anyone to teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. Remain in him. And now, dear children, continue in him, so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. I don't know if your mother ever said this to you. She, my mom said to me, wait till your dad comes home. Well, if I hadn't done anything wrong, I was confident. Sure, come on in, dad. But if I was acting nasty and having trouble and causing issues in the family, I didn't want to see dad when he came home. I'd be like, I'll be in the room somewhere hiding and, and, and John says, 
Continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. You don't want to be doing anything that gives you no confidence and gives you shame if he shows up. When I was growing up, we weren't allowed to play cards. I wasn't allowed to go to the movie theater because I knew if I went to the movie theater, Jesus was going to come. I was going to stay here watching the movie. <laughs> Little things that were put in me as a young child. We weren't allowed to dance because grandma, Bryony, her husband danced with other women at all the parties and started having affairs. So there was a no dancing policy in our home. I'm, I'm just going down. I'm being real with you, all right? Some of you are like, oh, I, can, I, can, I can do that. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just saying there's, there's a pathway and it leads somewhere in a lot of things in life. And you need the anointing of God to show you what is real, to show you where you need to land, to show you how you need to live so that you can pass a real relationship with Jesus onto the next generation. Pastor, you say that all that would be bad. I'm just telling you what happened in my life. Save me from a lot of mess. So in 2 Corinthians, I close with this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. The Apostle Paul continues to get real. He, he doesn't pull any punches about what life has thrown his way. And he also reminds us about what is important. Eternal things. Somebody say eternal things. Eternal things are the things that last forever. Nothing you see right now will last forever. Your body's going to decay. Your body's going away. You get a new body. You'll spend eternity in heaven or hell. None of this is going to be here. Your nice, fancy car is not going to be here. The house you lived your entire life to get, it's going to be gone. Peter tells us the entire earth is going to burn up with fire. Global warming. It's going to get really warm. You can't stop it. Sorry, you can't stop it. That's why he encourages us to focus on eternal things. What, what you can't see. Notice what he says here. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God, not from us. We are, verse 8, we are hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. 
Perplexed? <laughs> but not in despair. Persecuted? But not abandoned. Struck down a few times? But not destroyed. I'm here to tell you your real life story holds dunamis power because of Jesus. Here's where I've been struck down, but I haven't been destroyed. I've been persecuted, but I'm, I'm still hanging in there. I'm perplexed. I don't understand it all, but I'm not in despair because I know him. I'm, I'm telling you, you have no idea how you can minister to someone as you share the details of how Christ has brought you through. Get real. And somebody will look at you and go, really? You too? Yes, me too. I've been there. I've seen it. I've been, I've been beaten up big time, hard pressed on every side, but I haven't been crushed because what's on the inside of me is so much greater than the pressure on the outside trying to push in. See, somebody needs your story. They need to know what you've been through. That's what I love about Debbie Grandizio. When she shares her story, oh my goodness. If you can come out like that, let's go. We're all good. You've been through hell and high water. You're still standing. You've seen everything thrown at you. The world's tried to crush you and beat you down. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Tell your story. Get real. The apostle Paul says, I've been hard pressed on every side, but I've not been crushed. I've been perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I've been persecuted, but I've not been abandoned. I've been struck down, but not destroyed. He goes on and he says, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believed, therefore I've spoken. And since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. You need to believe what God has for you and begin to speak it out of your mouth. I have first believed, then I've spoken. We believed for years that that third space was ours. Pastor Isaiah began to speak it into existence. He said, it's coming. Get ready. It's coming. Get ready. Get ready, Matt Down. It's coming. <laughs> Clear your schedule a bit. I don't know how, but God's going to help you. He's going to give you the grace that you need. As it is written, I believed Therefore, I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak because 
we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit. When you get real, all of this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. This outward flesh is, is, is it's getting pitiful. We're wasting away, but inwardly, inwardly, we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So, we fix our eyes. We fix our eyes. So we fix our eyes. We lock in. Not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, what is unseen is eternal. Hallelujah. Stand with me, please. These are the kind of friends you need. These are the kind of relationships you need. Somebody who's real, somebody who's eternal-minded, somebody who's willing to speak into you the truth of God's Word. We don't do fake here at the power place because we're living with eternal consequences. We're going to be authentic, vulnerable, transparent, because real relationships bring real eternal results. Isn't it time to get real? Isn't it time for you to get real? Isn't it time for you to get real with God about the condition of your soul? Shut yourself in with God for a moment. Close your eyes. Just you and him. Say, Lord, point out anything that's fake in me. Point out where I'm not real, Lord. Show me what needs to change. Fix my eyes on you. Fix my eyes on eternal things. May my eyes quit being enamored with temporal things. Oh God, fix our vision. Fix our vision, Lord. Fix our vision, Lord. Teach us your ways, O oh Lord. Fix our eyes on you.